0: It's time to eat. Get in my belly.
1: Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast.
0: Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. And you guys already know betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code podcast1 to get the 50% sign-up bonus. My typical co-host, Evan Silva, at Evan Silva on Twitter. I gave him the show off because I had specific questions I wanted to ask the fantasy football fellows, and Evan put in overtime on the Fantasy Feast Tears of Evan running back show uh, that we published yesterday. So encourage you to listen to that if you didn't already. I'm excited to hear from the fantasy football fellas, Seth and Kyle, about their all-double-digit round team coming up. Lots of different ways, by the way, that you can get ahead of the guys when it comes to making sure you're ready to go this fantasy football season. One way, pro football focus. They've got the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. It's called PFF Fantasy. Their analytics optimize every draft pick, trade offer, and DFS lineup. Sign up at pff.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. If you are a high-stakes dude, they got PFF Elite to access their green line game picks for NFL college games, Beat the spread, money line over under. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Go to PFF.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. Need to also, Bri, announce a different winner of the Fantasy Feast season-long contest on this episode. And that winner is incredible. His name is Dan Watkins. And he sent me eight pictures, at least, of him putting signs about the Ross Tucker podcast, Ross Tucker family of shows, Ross Tucker Media, RossTucker.com, all over different places in London. Bri, it was about the funniest, coolest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. That was awesome.
2: Uh, pictures in uh, Paddington Station, little post-it notes popped everywhere around, not everywhere, but uh, all, over the, all over London. It, it was very unique, very creative, and this guy deserves to get in.
0: Yeah, Dan, you're in, buddy. We, I wanted a UK guy anyway, at least one, but you are in guerrilla marketing in the UK. Hilarious. You are in, buddy. Let's get to the fantasy football, fellas. So as promised, it is time for the all-double-digit round team with Seth and Kyle from the Fantasy Football Fellas. encourage you to check them out on Twitter at the FF FFFellas. They also have the FantasyFootballFellas.com and the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. Enjoyed going on their show, I don't know, I guess a week or two ago. And so Seth and Kyle, we want to get into the guys – whose current ADP is round 10 or more that you are, are liking and you want to talk about. So I'll start with you, Seth and the the quarterback you wanted to highlight is Lamar Jackson, which it seems like a good time to do that after Harbaugh said, take the over on 138 carries this year.
1: Yeah, that certainly can't hurt uh, for sure. So uh, and thanks again, of, of course, for having us on the show. And Lamar Jackson is a quarterback where the running ability is, sets a very nice floor uh, for you in, in the fantasy world. Everything kind of revolves around him being able to take a step forward in terms of the passing attack. And I think that even if it only takes a, a moderate step forward this year, that's still a significant improvement in terms of overall fantasy uh, points that you can get when you include that rushing ability. And you have a bunch of speed players on that squad right now that they got through the draft in Marquise Brown, assuming he can stay, uh, become healthy. You have justice Hill in the backfield. Uh, and of course, uh, the second year tight ends in Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. So, uh, Something you'll see uh, a lot of in these types of teams that, we're, that Kyle and I are talking about is uh, kind of injury risk, but if the injury risk is uh, not realized, then the payoff could be very big.
0: And then, Kyle, you like Dak Prescott, who, man, he might have to carry more of the load if, if Zeke isn't there, but he's still, either way, I, I think he's a, a pretty good fantasy quarterback. What do you have on him?
2: Yeah, man, he's been fairly consistent over the course of his career. Three years in the league, uh, he's his passing touchdowns have been twenty three, twenty two, and twenty two, and his rushing touchdowns are uh, have been six, six, and six. So he's I don't know <laughs> if he's made a deal with the devil, but uh, that's some pretty decent luck there. So, uh, Dak, this is contingent, like you mentioned, if Zeke's got to be. With the Cowboys, uh, his numbers without Zeke are are not great, uh, but as of right now, we're holding out hope. So, Dak currently going right now uh, at the end of round eleven, quarterback seventeen off the board, and this is a guy that's been a top twelve quarterback uh, all three years of his career. And the numbers that I really like on Dak uh, were his numbers with Amari Cooper uh, last season. So from week nine on through the playoffs, so let's include the two playoff games. That would have been eleven total games. That's a decent enough sample size. Uh, you know in fantasy football and Dak was averaging just over 19 and a half fantasy points per game that would have been right there with what Aaron Rodgers did last year that would have made him a top 10 quarterback over a 16 game pace. so uh, I really like what they've done you know at bringing back Witten and Randall Cobb they're not going to have much impact as far as in you know themselves in fantasy football but those are just two guys that are I think reliable enough uh to assist Dak in, in getting to that those QB one numbers and uh you know we want to see uh Zeke there, but having Travis Hendricks back this year will also assist with uh this Cowboys offense hopefully taking the next step. So I am a Cowboys fan, but uh you know trying to take my homerism out of it. I, I really do like Dak's value this year.
0: All right let's move on to the running back spot. Seth uh you listed a couple guys in rounds ten or higher the double digit round team that you like, Naeem Hines and Matt Breida.
1: Yeah, so I'll start with Hines. And it's it's very interesting to me because if you look at Naeem Hines's, uh overall production last year, he had only 14 fewer carries and eight fewer catches than Tariq Cohen in 2018. And Cohen's going in, you know, uh, fifth, sixth, or seventh rounds in drafts right now. And Hines is going in like we said, in double-digit rounds in the 11th or the 13th, depending on if it's full PPR or half. Hines, though, is uh, a big part of this passing offense, it, it appears, from last season. And when you take that into account, and then you take into account that he had almost no explosive plays last year, and then you take then into account the fact that he was a world-class sprinter in college, as well as playing football there it seems very unlikely that he wasn't able to break a single large play last season so i think we can expect a little bit more explosive uh play out of hines this year and just another year in that offense uh, can't hurt either so naheem hines i think is a fantastic value in the double digit rounds is my personal favorite uh player on this list for overall value Matt Breda, uh, and like I said before, is contingent on being healthy. It felt like he was off the field every other play uh, last year. That's conservative. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it is. Um, But when he was on the field, he was pretty much the best running back on that squad. And everybody's talked about Tevin Coleman and uh, him coming in and Jarek McKinnon being healthy this year. Everybody's really discounting Breda as – even a possibility of being the number one running back there. Well, when you can get him for basically free in your drafts, I think that uh Bray doesn't provides an excellent value because you don't lose anything if he is uh, injured, but there's no real uh, guarantee that Coleman is the guy in the Shanahan offense just because he played with Shanahan three or four years ago. I mean, Bray has played with him last year and he did very well. So, I don't think there's any reason why Breda can't uh, be a fantasy value if he's able to stay on the field for two, three, four plays at a time.
0: And then for you, Kyle, you had Naeem Hines as well. So I I won't I won't won't, I'm not going to get you the double dip on that. But You also (laughs) have Carlos Hyde, which, you know, so many people are down on Carlos Hyde. I thought it was interesting to see Carlos Hyde name on your list.
2: Yeah. And uh, listeners of our show, they're probably tired of me talking about this guy. They're figuring I'm probably gonna have to take a couple weeks off to finish up my Carlos Hyde back tattoo, it feels like. But I'm just gonna keep pumping this guy up. Uh, He's going so late right now. And when you look at the guys that are going ahead of him, even two or three rounds ahead that are, you know, handcuffs or backup guys. Uh, you know, I just I think Hines is gonna be, a, or sorry, that Hyde is going to be a fantastic value on draft day. We did see Damian Williams pull up with a hammy. Uh, in training camp so we'll obviously monitor that but assuming everything kind of holds pat you got Damian Williams going in that second third range and then you know outside of round 10 like we're talking about with all of these guys Carlos Hyde going at early round 11 right now in ADP and this is somebody while he's not sexy he's not flashy he's proven that he can handle an NFL workload for the most part Uh, you know like most running backs he's not Perfect at that, but uh, he's played, you know, he's held up to 16 games before. Last year, while it was disappointing making the move from, you know, to Cleveland and then traded to Jacksonville, um, Hyde got off to a fast start with the Cleveland Browns, had five touchdowns in those first six games, averaged uh, just over 12 fantasy points per game. That would have been higher running back to numbers with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but the thing that I'm really focusing on here with Carlos Hyde is, is a few things related to his new arrival in Kansas City. One, the Chiefs went out and signed him right away. And outside of drafting Darwin Thompson fairly late in the NFL draft, they didn't do much else to address the position. So they're kind of locked and loaded with uh, with Williams and Hyde here. And while Hyde isn't a perfect fit for an Andy Reid offense, right, usually an Andy Reid running back can, can do it all type of thing. And Hyde hasn't been a prolific pass catcher. But prior to uh, the 2017 season... Uh, Hyde really hadn't caught many passes below 50 receptions over the course of his career to that point. But then when Kyle Shanahan showed up in town and we kind of dealt with the same thing, you know, except, you know, that he wasn't a perfect fit for that offense. And the only real difference between the two situations was that Hyde was the number one on the depth chart. But after the 2017 season, Hyde, uh, put up a running back nine season. He was the ninth running back in fantasy football, uh, 240 carries. And then he, he out, he out, uh, he out had more receptions. sorry, then he had his entire career to that point, 59 catches uh, for 350 yards on 80 plus targets. So while I I know that D'Angelo, sorry, that uh, Damian Williams, I'm going to say D'Angelo Williams all, all offseason because he's the original <laughs> D-Will. But uh, if Damian Williams can't hold up, you know, he's never had more than 50 carries in a regular season, then Carlos Hyde's going to step into that role with the Kansas City Chiefs. and. That's a very valuable spot for fantasy football. So round 11 for Carlos Hyde, running back 48 off the board. I'll take that lottery ticket and scratch it off and see if it pops.
0: I like it. I like that logic a lot. How about at wide receiver, Seth, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Anthony Miller?
1: Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, not a whole much to talk about here. It's really just... Is he really going to be back uh, from that Achilles tendon injury? The fact that he was not on the pup list to start training camp is a very encouraging sign. We'll have to see more out of him during the preseason uh, to be sure if that's something we can we can draft. But if he is uh, if he is able to go, he's clearly the number one guy for me over Cortland Sutton over Deshaun Hamilton, um, and just because he was on a fantastic track uh, last year before he got injured so uh, very easy it just if he's on the field go ahead and take Sanders it's a great value Anthony Miller's a little more interesting because as a Bears fan I'm very excited about the Matt Nagy offense even though I have a lot of reservations about Mitchell Trubisky uh, as a player but let's say that Mitchell Trubisky at least you know is a system quarterback that can make whatever Nagy wants uh, work, then you can take the uh, seven touchdowns that Anthony Miller had last season, which outperformed both uh, Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel by quite a bit, even though he had half of their, their targets. And I think you can improve that. Uh, it's They added a couple of players to the wide receiver core in the offseason, but nobody that has the... Um, overall draft capital uh, that Anthony Miller does. He, they, they spent a second round pick on him in 2018. And I think that uh, the talent overall is just, is excellent. I'm very excited to see how he takes a step forward in this offense uh, in 2019.
0: I like it too. And obviously with the shoulder thing, you know, I, I was just impressed with his toughness last year. What about Kyle for you? DD Westbrook and Tyrell Williams
2: yeah and and DD Westbrook is a player he's right on that edge he's he's currently ADP is uh the second pick of the 10th round wide receiver 45 off the board this is in my opinion going to be the number one receiver uh the number one target in Jacksonville not only are the receivers you know not elites you know there's a lot of bodies there dd showed last year that he can be the lead dog from that over 100 targets uh led the team in receptions yards had only had five touchdowns but that was obviously with the inaccurate Blake Bortles under center uh what we're seeing right now a lot of positive things for dd uh one good reports which are always great coming out of camp We've got Nick Foles now uh as his quarterback and Foles obviously is now paired with a OC is familiar with, and Filippo. So I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more, be a little bit more accurate at the quarterback position and provide uh, a really good season for D.D. Westbrook. He was quietly um, just outside the top 30 among the wide receivers last year, just compiling stats in 16 games. But uh, I think he can do a little bit better than that. I think he can be uh, just outside the top 24 at the wide receiver position. The only thing right now that would kind of remove dd from this team is his adp creeping up he's definitely been on the rise i think he'll probably end up closer to the eighth round uh once we get to mid-august because a lot of the reports have been good about dd westbrook but he's a guy that i really really like i'm hoping that his adp kind of freezes right here and i can just you know sharpie him in in my ninth round selection all the time so i really like westbrook there in jacksonville and tyrell williams uh the Oakland Raiders, I'm not planning on them having a particularly great defense again this season. So this is an offense that I'm looking to take a, a second step. Similar to Seth's selection of Anthony Miller, this is a wider. This is a, a team that's heading into the second year of their offense. So I think Derek Carr is going to see an improvement. We saw his completion percentage jump through the roof, technically at a career high in yardage um, last season as well, but his overall numbers touchdowns were down. So I think... Everything kind of bounces back out to where he's been over the course of his career, uh, being that second year of that Oakland Raiders offense. And while Antonio Brown is the alpha there, and he's going to see a ton of targets, Tyrell Williams has shown that he can be a big play guy. He's done it over the course of his career on fairly low target numbers. He's had a season that he was just outside the top 12 of, among wide receivers when he was filling in for Keenan Allen uh, for then San Diego Chargers. And... Derek Carr also shown that he can support two viable fantasy wide receivers. When Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree uh, were both there, Carr made sure that both those guys got theirs. So they were right around 125 targets each. And while I think it will lean a little, a little bit more towards AB over Tyrell, Tyrell is going in the 13th round right now, uh, almost wide receiver 60 among an AP. So I like both these guys, and you know, if I'm waiting, waiting, waiting on wide receiver – uh it, I think you could do worse than than having DD Westbrook and Tyrell Williams even trying to rotate through your wide receiver two slot.
0: Okay, so then let's move on to tight ends. Interesting name here uh from you Seth, Trey Burton, who obviously got the big contract from the Bears but and I I think a lot of us thought he would do more there last year but it just didn't didn't really happen for him, but you're expecting him to be better this year, Seth.
1: Yeah, I think so, and it's It was extremely disappointing uh, what people were really hyping him up. I would say probably to the level that people are hyping up Vance McDonald this season uh, because it's just he had all the opportunity in the world. It seemed like at the end of the day, though, he did end up as the tight end seven in fantasy scoring last year in in, uh, most formats. And that was on the back of uh, six touchdowns and just under 600 yards um, over in twenty eighteen. So how does he have to do improve on that? I think we just uh, we've talked about the uh, Bears offense taking a step forward. You need more targets and more yardage in order to really perform uh, better than that. I think that the touchdowns, while the, that is something that is hard to project, I think six is in this offense, not a too high of a request to, to maintain. So if he can bump up his yardage a bit, being a double digit round tight end, uh, being, it is going to be a good value for Trey Burton for somebody who doesn't want to take the risk or the draft capital, um, or want to spend the draft capital on somebody like a Travis Kelsey or at the higher rounds, or even the mid round guys like a Hunter Henry or an OJ Howard.
0: Okay. Then how about you, Kyle with Jack Doyle and Indy? Yeah, and this
2: is a guy that's uh, with a lot of off-season stuff for him. He missed the the end of the 2018 season due to a hip injury, uh, and then lost 25 pounds uh, due to a kidney surgery. Which is, you know, you don't like to hear that. Obviously, it takes NFL players uh, time to get back into shape. So we were kind of monitoring his situation as we were heading into training camp. But he's been practicing, which is good. Uh, we know that Andrew Luck has a history of u- utilizing the tight end uh, quite a bit. Now, Eric Ebron had just a huge season for fantasy football last year. We know that the touchdowns were were crazy. The guy just, he, he had to score all the time. He even had a rushing touchdown, for crying out loud. But Ebron's uh, ADP is definitely reflective of his big season from last year. Ebron's going in the seventh round, uh, early seventh round, tight end seven off the board. Jack Doyle, on the other hand, is currently going around 13 uh, in half-point PPR ADP right now. That's tight end 18 off the board behind both of the rookie tight ends, uh, behind uh, Greg Olson and uh, Delaney Walker, some older vets that were dealing with injury. So while Doyle isn't a spring chicken, he's definitely younger than those guys. That, so I have a little bit more confidence that so he can bounce back. From his injury. And the thing that. The stat that I like the most with Doyle. Especially when comparing him to his teammate there. Uh, with the Colts. Is that in the six games last year in 2018. Uh, that Doyle and Ebron were both out there. Uh, Doyle out targeted Eric Ebron 33 to 22. And so I, I think it'll be a Fairly even split with in favor of Jack Doyle, but I think that means that both of those tight ends uh, can be viable. So I'm penciling Jack Doyle in right now as, as a low-end tight end one, somebody that you can get for free uh, at this point and, and somebody that I think you can have confidence in because he's paired with Andrew Luck.
0: So then you guys also listed a flex, which I think is interesting. Guys that you like in the flex spot, in rounds 10 or higher and i love this too because you know people debate a lot about you know the guys in the first round and second round and i get all that but i think a lot of people kind of know who they want to take in those rounds they what they really wanted like sleeper so to speak or guys in the double digit rounds that people like so for your flex Seth you had john Brown the receiver who's now in buffalo and it sounds like he's off to a good start there in training camp.
1: Yeah, and I'm digging a little bit deeper for this pick because there are several options in the double-digit rounds that would be a good flex for this uh, team. But I really like John Brown because I I always liked him in Arizona, uh, and he unfortunately just couldn't stay healthy out there. But when he moved to Baltimore, it looked like he was staying healthy. And when Joe Flacco was on the field and was able to throw the ball down the field a little bit more, he was on a great pace. And then Lamar Jackson came in. We know the passing was a problem for Lamar Jackson, and he basically didn't do it anymore. Now he's on a squad with Josh Allen, and what one thing that we know that Josh Allen can do is throw the ball. Now, we want him to throw the ball a little bit more accurately this year, but you have another speed guy there, an undrafted uh, rookie in Robert Foster, and he was doing very well last season in terms of overall deep ball and just – uh, big fantasy scoring there. So you bring in John Brown, you bring in Cole Beasley. The bills are trying to uh, surround Josh Allen with more talent there. And Ross, when you came on our show a couple of weeks ago, you also mentioned to us that uh, re- or reminded us that they spent invested a lot in the offensive line at, in Buffalo as well which we would hope that uh, would allow Josh Allen to stay in the pocket a little bit more and not have to scramble around all over the place and hopefully make some more deep bomb throws to John Brown. So he's almost undrafted right now, so he's absolutely free. If you're a person that has a you know an AJ Green or a Julian Edelman or one of these wide receivers in the early rounds that may not be able to go week one, John Brown might be an interesting play. Uh, for the first couple of weeks there.
0: What about Kyle? Your flex, James Washington in Pittsburgh. I kind of like that one. They got a good history of drafting receivers. It's year two for him. No Antonio Brown, and I probably just took all the things you were going to say <laughs> about James Washington.
2: <laughs> no, it's perfect. Uh, it, it's good stuff because those are the things that i have definitely pointing to as well. We've seen it over the course uh, of time with the Steelers in recent memory. You know, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace, these are guys that were fancy relevant uh, for sure, some more than others, but it took them a year to kind of get going. We've seen that. Now with Juju, he was kind of an exception to the rule, but I think we've seen that he's a, a phenomenal talent as well. But uh, Pittsburgh has a decent track record of turning these guys into viable fantasy options, um, and not necessarily just in their rookie year, like you mentioned. So the thing that I'm pointing to with James Washington, uh, for, first and foremost, is his ADP is awesome. Uh, 11th round, all these guys are double digits, obviously. Why does he were 52 off the board? So I think right there, you're not really sinking a lot of draft capital in him, you know, in draft day come mid-August. And uh, like you mentioned, Antonio Brown not being there, not going to be in Oakland on hard knocks for all all of us to watch. But A.B. leaves behind 168 targets uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, most of the time when the number one wide receiver leaves an offense, you look for that number two guy to see quite a boost. And The thing is, Juju Smith-Schuster, being on this offense that threw the most in the NFL in 2018, Juju already had 166 targets last year. So I'm not sure that that's going to go up, you know, a ton maybe creeps around that 180 mark, but, uh, usually that's, that's pretty high. So I think there's at least 150 to 160 targets available in this offense. They might get spread around a little bit. Uh, Vance McDonald's getting a little bit of hype right now. Like Seth mentioned, uh, he, that he's going in the seventh round. Dante Moncrief was a free agent signee, uh, this off season and, you know, fancy owners are familiar with him, but James Washington is a player that I really liked coming out of school. I think he's you know a running back when he gets the ball in his hands, he's kind of more of what today's NFL receiver, you know, is and somebody that the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers will value on uh, on the field. So I think Ben continues to chuck it. I think that there's a lot of fantasy value to be had and opportunity here. And I think James Washington in his second year in Pittsburgh is somebody that you know could really turn into something super valuable. So late round lottery tickets on good offenses with with good quarterbacks that are going to throw the ball. Check check check. Give me uh, James Washington in round eleven.
0: It's Seth. It's Kyle. They are the fantasy football fellows at the FF Fellows on Twitter. Of course, you can check out their website, thefantasyfootballfellas.com, dot com, as well as their podcast, the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. And they just helped you out. They just gave you some late round guys, ten and, and later, that are going to help you this year. So. Make sure you check out their show. Fellas, really appreciate you guys. You know, I always say fellas when it's more than one. I like it. You guys really (laughs) are the fellas. So the fellas, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, Thanks for having us.
0: That was cool. Love the concept of the all-double-digit round team. Absolutely awesome. Maybe there's even some prop bets in there with them liking those guys that you can go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, Get the 50% welcome bonus. By the way, speaking of betonline.ag, we had Steve Fezzik, as always, on the Even Money podcast yesterday, and he went over how to win betting preseason football and answered a bunch of questions from listeners. So check out the Even Money podcast if you didn't already, and then use that information or the information you got here or from Evan on yesterday's Fantasy Feast over at betonline.ag using that promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% percent five zero welcome bonus. Other than that, I'm stuffed. Two Fantasy Feast podcasts every week from here on out. It is go time, people. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.